Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say in every episode, we've got a great show for you. We got PJ North coming on. He's doing some great things out there in the music industry, and we're excited to kind of talk to him a little bit about his music and about his life, and just see where this goes. So, PJ, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. I really appreciate being here. I'm uh, super excited. When my PR team reached out, um, told me all about it, I was super pumped. So, thank you guys for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. You know, we, we we try to bring on whether you're a big artist, whether you're an up and coming artist, whether you're an actor, up and coming actor. We, we we try to hit the whole spectrum of entertainment, even though we launched originally launched as just a music platform. But now we've become an entertainment platform. For sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. <clears throat> so as we get started, um, we're in a tough year for a lot of people out there. Um, so what how has COVID personally affected you? And what have you done this year to kind of maneuver through that turtle? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been super weird, man. I'll tell you, you know, kind of how it started. We we started recording in 2019 um, a set of songs that we had been working on, and we started playing a lot of shows. And I have a new band um, that's played with me a bunch, and so we started playing shows. We had release parties. We were doing all that. We played a lot, and then um, we had a release plan. And then March 13th. Um, Basically, what happened was I got sent home from work. They said we oh, needed. Wow. Uh, they said we needed to to kind of work to see, make sure everybody could work from home. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been working from home since March thirteenth. Uh, wow. Just been doing the music thing, you know. I, I what happened was, like I said, I haven't been back to the office. I've just been working remote, and so that's cool. But I was able to facilitate all my friends. Unfortunately, their tours were canceled and things like that. And mm-hmm. So we kind of took advantage and we just wrote a bunch of songs. We uh, wrote for other people. We wrote for myself. We then went into the studio uh, in May and we had a game plan. And so we recorded a bunch of music to release for the rest of the year. We just said, got to kind of grab the bull by the horns for lack of a better term. Right. Um, And just really grind it out and figure out how we can can get there. So that's what we did, man. We just put together a release plan uh, of songs. And so we released a song basically every six weeks or so, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, some sooner, some later, but we've, we've oh, just wow. done that. So we've released four songs this year, released a music video. Um, we've done all, we've done everything but play shows, you know, <laughs> I played <laughs> where we can, but, um, I'm, I, I do have diabetes, so, you know, I'm, I'm an immune compromised. So I try to, you know, I try to be as safe as possible. Yeah. Um, my friends are super supportive of that. And we zoom wrote a bunch and, you know, when we could get together and we, we did that as well, but it's just been a really weird year, but we tried to stay positive and do the things that we could control. Yeah. Um, to do that. So that's kind of where we're at. And, and that's really what we did. And it, it worked out for me, um, you know, to a certain extent where, you know, I got a little bit, we got more music out there and whatnot. So we just try to stay positive with it, but it's definitely been a weird year to, uh, to <laughs> and I definitely love that attitude because that's like, even with this show, you know, we originally launched the show January 3rd. So we're almost coming up on one year. Man, you're almost there. I love that. And, um, and the original plan was a hundred interviews first year. I thought if we could do a hundred interviews first year, we would be um, probably ahead of the game. I don't know too many hosts that can say they interviewed a hundred people their first year. That's amazing. Yeah. Especially from scratch, you know, launching something from scratch. Then COVID happens. So I told Sandy, you know what, like you just said, we need to take this bull by the horn. You know, this is our opportunity to shine. um, I think. And because of that, you are interview number 299. Man, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. I'm going to share this to my Facebook page right now so everybody here can see us. 
And let's yep, sounds see. like a plan. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a crazy year, year. And again, you know, because we we I realize that artists like you and and people in entertainment in general, everything's being shut down, so they need a place to talk and rant whatever you know and i'm like i told sandy we're gonna give them that platform and you know what we'll just outwork all the other hosts this year so that that way when 2021 comes we're yeah. ahead of everybody yeah it's not honestly for me it's been it that's kind of it like everybody's needed an outlet and i think that's what's been weird is like people have either succeeded and been able to kind of it's a sink or swim situation Mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot of people utilizing social media for their outlet to do that and people getting record deals off of that and um, releasing music and having the highest numbers they've ever had, including myself. Man, I've reached, you know, new people this year that I've never thought um, that I that I would have. And so that's been really cool for me. It's been a real it's like I said, I'm, I try to stay positive. So there's been times throughout the year where um, like we were able to 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 figure out how to get out of that darkest place and just get to, you know, just like kind of mush through and do what you can. And yeah. uh, I think everybody goes through that regardless of the situation. It's just 10 times worse because the pandemic and everybody's in that yeah. unfortunately. Right. So that is awesome. Now, anybody that's just joining us um, with the Chris and Sandy show, if you want to share, 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 that helps everybody out. We appreciate it. And if you're on the replay later, share, share, share too. Yeah, for sure. Thank um, you. So, um, as you know, a lot of people, they'll ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click that that could be a career? Uh, you know, I think at the time it was, um, and I tell this story kind of to everybody, but I grew up, um, I wanted to be a, a performer when I was younger. And, and I, um, I danced at a dance studio. Um, I was kind of the lead guy there for a long time. Uh, until I graduated high school. And so for me, I just kind of wanted to be that. And then mm -hmm. the music thing for me, I just loved hip hop music uh, as mm -hmm. I got older in middle school and high school. And so I did a lot of that stuff. And I think I finally knew and it maybe started to click when people started coming to shows um, mm -hmm. and they were able to do that. Uh, and so that was kind of cool for me. It's like, okay, people maybe like don't look at it. And they, I mean, I got a lot of flack for it. Of course, you know, at 18, everybody's just kind of, that's just yeah. how it is. And, uh, college was a weird place, but at that time, like I was just kind of kept grinding and I got into a lot of music that I love now uh, mm -hmm. that especially influences the music that I make, especially. And so for me, when I wanted to be, you know, I loved country music growing up as a little kid. And that's all I really I wanted to be a singer, but I just wasn't really that good. Uh, yeah. So I really had to work on that craft of it. But it really started to click as the shows and people started to come and, and really support. And then you kind of snowballs a little bit and you play these shows with this people and then this person invites you to play this. And so I think that's when it really started to click around that age is right after college um, mm -hmm. when I really, I mean, I had already been invested at that point, like six years, um, time, money, whatever it took to make it happen. Yeah. And for me, it started to click there though, where people were like, Oh, Hey, you don't suck. <laughs> so yeah. I do. Tell, there's a funny story. There's a, a, some friends of mine from, from college. I, I basically was like trying to get them to come to shows all the time. They wouldn't mm -hmm. come or they bought tickets, but then they never came, blah, 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 blah. Well, then they finally came and a friend of mine, and I'll never forget, he slapped me across the face and said, I can't believe we didn't come sooner. Yeah. And I was like, man, I've been, you know, I try to tell people. And I think my live show is honestly what's kept me in this game this long, right? Yeah. Um, the ability to be, to, to keep doing this and keep chasing the dream is the ability to entertain people live. Uh, it's the part that I love the most. So with, that's been the hardest part of 2020 is just not being able to play live, honestly. 
Yeah. And, you know, you just talk, talking about people that know. It's funny. I always hear I talk to a lot of successful people out there in all different arenas, and they all always talk about the same pattern that people have when it comes to people who want eventually become successful. It's say usually at the very beginning, people don't believe you can do it. Yeah. Then as you start to prove that you're doing it, then they don't believe it will last. Yeah. Then as it starts to last, they start telling you you were lucky. Yeah. But then the last phase is the phase when you know you made it. Because the last phase is when they start telling people, I always knew they'd make it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, there was a funny story when I quit my job. So I moved to Nashville in 2016. Um, but the last email I sent to everybody was, hey, guys, I worked as a consultant for a financial uh, IT company. And so uh, I was in the office. and I had been at that place as a consultant full time uh, for like four and a half years in different capacities. They moved us around. And I sent an email to the group and I said, hey, I just want to let you all know. Friday's my last day. I'm moving to Nashville yeah. for music full time. I've never talked about it at work um, wow. to extent just because it's not really, you know, I'm here to do this job. And if you know me personally, then you know. But um, and I just remember and I said, hey, you know, here's a link to my music. Here's what I do. Um, you know, I hope everything. Works. And I did get a lot of emails back. And at that point, it was really funny because they've all followed me on Facebook and they've seen the growth. And, you know, five years ago, if you had told me that I'd make the songs I'm making now, I probably wouldn't have believed you just because I always wanted to make the sound that I'm making now. And I just now yeah. am able to have that ability to do that in the last few years. And so I'm, I'm really blessed about that, but it's, it's a hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't support the dream and I'm okay with that too. Right. You know, yeah. haters, it's famous or whatever you want to say. And if they're not hating, you're not doing it right, whatever it may be. Um, but I just try to stay positive and I don't really, I don't really worry about that. Um, the, the, my PR team says all the time, she, she told me about a, a group that they wanted to reach out to. And they were like, hey, I just want to let you know their fan base is, is pretty rough. And I said, <laughs> well, you got to realize I played hip hop shows in basements in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. I'm not worried about these people. Yeah, yeah the hip hop world can be tough. Yeah, I was like, I'm not worried about any of this. <laughs> so what made you merge hip hop with country music? So, uh, you know, the long story short is I, I grew up, like I said, listening to country music and I played a lot of, uh, then I got into hip hop because I couldn't sing really, but, um, I could rap and that's kind of a party trick of mine now. Yeah. Um, I, as I did that though, as I was learning to write songs, I, everybody was always like, Oh yo, freestyle for us. And I'm like, okay. And I would do that. Well, then I had to learn how to write a song because I couldn't <laughs> do but freestyle, but I always wanted to sing on the choruses. And yeah. um, that was always my thing. And I just kept working at it to get better and better at work, you know, singing, finding tone and things like that. Well, fast forward, I lived in an apartment with a buddy of mine and we we're sitting there talking and uh, I had just started to play guitar. I had like just picked up a guitar at that point. Mm -hmm. And we were doing like rap remixes in country versions. And it oh, just wow. was like <clears throat> I had already started to work on just straight country product. Like that's what mm -hmm. we were doing. I was writing demos with a friend of mine that I was in a cover band with. Anyways, it all kind of happened. Then I found Sam Hunt before he blew up. Kind of as, <laughs> as weird as that is, I found a, a, his first mixtape, which I just loved. And at that point, I told my friend, I said, look, man, we can do this. I don't even have to. So you were like, yeah, that's we what I want to do. Want. Yeah, we can. At, at this point now, it's wide open. Before, it was like, uh, maybe. Now it's wide open. We can do whatever we want. And that's kind of how we got to where we're at now. Now it's, uh, you know, I always wanted to be in a pop punk man like I loved fallout boy and I love some of those other things and that's where I learned some of my stage presence was from a lot of the shows I went to oh, wow. so we just combined everything that I love into music now and there's you know I, people are like oh it's not country or it's not this it's not whatever I'm like look 
at this point, the genre is irrelevant, right? Isn't um, that really what country look. is, though? You know, when you look at Johnny yeah. Cash, yeah. back in the Johnny Cash days, everybody back then said, oh, he's destroying country music. Right, right. And Merle Haggard and all of them, they were destroying yeah. country. But Johnny Cash and, and a lot of the other influences back in the day brought other genres in. Yep. And um, also, all that's happening is, the same stuff that's happened years ago is still happening today. Is a lot of people don't realize it because they see Johnny Cash right. as traditional country, but in his day, he was destroying country. Right, and that's kind of how we look at it. We just try to stay, like you know, I said we 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 understand the power of playlisting and we understand the power of of that. And but my thing is, is stay true to yourself, and, and exactly. that ends up being what's got me to where I'm at. That got me to my first level, where you know, in the other stuff that I was doing, and that's got me to where I'm at now. Is just staying true to myself and making the music I want to make. Because I think there's other people that want to hear that music, yeah, um, exactly. and that's what it's all about. Is just trying to write the best song, and then <laughs> play it the way we want to play it. That's kind of how it works out. I mean, everybody connects the songs differently and feels a different way, and so. I'm very lucky to have that ability to do that now. And then the great thing about country music is there's a place for everybody. So if people yeah, don't like right. you, they can go they can go to Blake Shelton's and whoever they feel is true or Chris Stapleton, whoever they feel is their style. You know, and I love that's what I love about country is I like it all, to be honest. Right. Um, but everybody has that option. Okay, you got these group of of that's artists, great. you got these group of artists. Well, you know, it's all you know, like um Luke Bryan says it's do your own, you do your country. That's right. Do whatever makes you happy. And that's what it is. And I think, you know, that's funny because people are like, oh, you know, you do this, that and other and you, you whatever. But it's like, look, man, I grew up on back roads and in, in towns without. Cell <laughs> so I, I spent many a day on the road listening to Garth Brooks, to Tim McGraw, to Johnny Cash, to Conway Twitty, to all the you know what I mean? Like I've been through that. So it's not yeah. like I don't get it. Uh, and I think exactly. that connects me still to it. And that's why I still love country music. And I can blend it with the other stuff that I love. And so that's why it's worked out, I think. I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get to their level, but even a career level in music. And I always want to talk about this side of it because nobody talks about it. I right. said, we will be the show that talks about that side of it. I'm going to tell a quick story of where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele with two Steele girls. And at that time, her and her daughter were full time with music. And I remember asking Allison what advice she would give an up and coming artist. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if your heart will allow you to do anything else, if you can see yourself doing something else, Go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She says, because the moment you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of it. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, the cookouts, the holidays, the weekends. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say no to a gig and you can't cancel a gig once you got it because there's so many people on the line then. I mean, you don't want to be that kind of artist. Yeah. And then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice. They have to give you up to the world. So they sacrifice around you. Then there's days that you're just miserable, but you still got to get on that stage and smile and put that mask on, pun intended, um, <laughs> um, in this day and time. But but then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because yep. the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. You know, it's when I quit my job, um, you know, I'm very lucky. My wife now, she we were dating at the time. 
she already lived here in Nashville. She's from here. Um, mm -hmm. we, we long, you know, did long distance, whatever. So she already lived here. So she, I, you know, I told her, Hey, this is kind of what I want to do. This is, and she knew that I did music at the time. Uh -huh. Um, and I was just trying to find a way to do it. And so I basically for three months stashed enough money away through work and things that I could and whatever I had to do to quit my job and move here and do that. Oh, cool. Um, which was a great idea in theory, right? Like I was like, uh -huh. I have this big idea, this big plan, but in reality, the hard thing was like, you just don't know anything. Man. And a lot of people move to town and have investors and they have their parents. And I, my thing has always been like, my parents support me to a certain mm -hmm. extent. And when I first got started, yeah, they gave me money, but I don't want to have to ask them, yeah. Hey, I need my, like, I was just trying to avoid that. Right. So my look at it was a little differently. I had enough to do where I thought I could live for a year and figure it out. Well, okay. nine months down the road, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna be broke like next week. I need oh, to. Wow. So I still, though, my goal was if I don't make progress or I don't figure some things out, then maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. And I've said that every year at the beginning. Yeah. If I make progress, if I don't feel like we're making progress, then I'll then it is what it is. So I've grinded to a different. My grind is different than people's grind. My, my grind is a little bit. I have other hobbies, but those other hobbies connect my life more to music. And if it wasn't, you know, for example, I drag race. Well, I, I can't. Think hobbies are important because it gives you yeah. stuff to write about. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's exactly. And, and so I drag race. And so without racing is expensive, it's not free. Right. I, but had it not been for my racing, I wouldn't have the fan base I have at all. People wouldn't wow. listen. They wouldn't tune in. They wouldn't follow me on Facebook. Follow me on, if it wasn't for that, because they know me from drag racing, but they know my music because I drag race. So oh, wow. I had to continue to keep that up and I had to continue to do that. Well, that also led to other opportunities for me that I would have never had, mm -hmm. had I been for that. So I had to look at the grind a little differently than most people. And I'm okay with that. My grind is, you know, I work at a real job. I'll be honest with you. I work you know, eight to five typically. Mm -hmm. um, but some, some weekends, it just depends. But my grind is I work then, but I stay busy with anytime I have free, I'm updating Facebook or I'm updating Instagram or I'm yeah. working on songs with friends or I'm sitting, I stay busy as much as humanly possible to, to continue to do this because if not, then people are like, Oh, it's a hobby, right. Or whatever. But, for me, like I said, everybody's grind is different. And I think that's the hard thing is everyone wants to compare to like, oh, well, you didn't you didn't pay the dues. Or you didn't sweat as hard as I did. I'm like, look, man, I didn't have to sweat as hard as you because, you know, th that type of situation. But for yeah. me, I just look at I try to not compare my situation to anybody else's because I think mm -hmm. that's where we get into the root of like, oh, well, they're doing better than I am. And, you know, their music sucks or this, that and the other. And, you know, that, that's a hard thing about being an artist is you try to stay positive about that and not. Yeah convolute that so to her point like i said it, it is that and i i don't think i see myself being able i'm gonna have a hard time if i don't make it <laughs> and i'm okay everybody's got their own price to pay right right and, and, I'm, and i think that's what people forget you know they look at an artist and and like well let's look at luke combs for example on the surface luke combs looks like he's an overnight success he's been grinding. but we both know that he was grinding 10 right. plus years before he became there yeah. and all and remember I, i'm sure you remember what a year ago when he t made that tweet thanking all the executives that told him six songs would never make it and all six went number one that's it i, I you know I, there's a funny story about that too and i so i got a job after, like i said after about 10 months i was here i got a job and i was like struggling like man this sucks i'm, a, I'm in a car three hours a day an hour and a half there hour and a half back uh um just brutal and i'm like i remember i'll never forget this i remember the day sam hunt released body like a back road 
And Luke Combs was announced as like newcomer of the year on Bobby Bones show. And so I'm in the car listening to this. And it's weird because I never really listened to the radio. I always have my phone on, whether it be Apple yeah. or whatever. So it was weird that I happened to be listening to that, but kind of happenstance. And I'm on the road and I'm like, at this point, I, in my mind, I'm like, this, I can't do this, what I'm doing now. So I've got to figure out what's the next step. Mm-hmm. And for me, I had co-wrote a little bit in town, but I still was trying to figure out what that meant. I didn't know really anybody. Um, I knew some people. Well, I had a friend move to town um, who we became friends via social media. And he was a great he's still one of the best writers I know. We write together all the time. He's a close friend of mine, Ryan Robinette. But had it not been for him moving to town and me leaving that job, I had enough money to kind of live for four or five more months. I figured it out then. And had it not been for him in town writing with me and stuff, I don't know where I'd be. But that moment in time for me was like, that's how I still know. Right. That's that's the grind for me. I, I got to do what I got to do to stay ahead, you know, keep mm-hmm. my head above water and um, the rest will work itself out or it won't. And I'll figure that out a few years down the road. It's kind of what we're doing with our show, because, of course, the show we have don't make it doesn't make money yet. We want it to make money. We right. want to be like a Bobby Bones type show, but for entertainment in general, eventually. Right. Um, so we're like grinding this thing out. You know, we do side jobs. We do deli- food delivery in the evenings to keep us afloat while we try to build this. So we understand exactly where yeah. artists like you are coming from because we're in that double grind where we're grinding it out, trying to stay afloat, but also trying to grind this show out to build this brand. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long, long, arduous road, right, to get to the top. And that's, you know, it's one of those things where – I played with a lot of artists who I thought like, man, they're really making it. They got a tour bus, but they're like, look, man, we barely like, we hope that this next record makes money for us. And do, and I'm like, I get it. It's the thing that that's the other situation, right? It's not about the fame. It's just about the most people hearing my music and enjoying it. That's really what I do this for. And that's, <clears throat> that's why I love making it is because I just want to hear, I want to see people get enjoyment out of that. Um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, be rich and famous is great, but you know, like Diddy said, more money, more problems, I guess. So I just love the music. I'll worry about the rest later. I love that. Now you're going to play a song for us, aren't you? Yeah, I'll play one for you here. Um, Tell us a little bit about the song and then play it and the show is yours. Yeah. So um, like I said, man, quarantine was weird. Super strange for us. Um, But my friends had the ability to help me out and basically were like, hey, let's write a bunch of songs. And this is the first song we released. Uh, after quarantine started, we, we kind of game plan. We went to the studio. Uh, I wrote it with my buddy, Frank Leger. And, you know, one of the things we always say is I just don't have a, I don't have a slow mode. It's a gas <laughs> and no breaks for me. And so for that, I just kind of try to, that's how my music relates to as well. And so yeah. this one's called turn it up some, and it was just a, a party song in the middle of quarantine that we wanted to write. And, uh, this is kind of what it goes like. Only plays one station 92.5 on that FM dial 40-hour week Couldn't loop on the weekend 9-2-5 till Friday night Those two hands on that wall Are saying it's time Tonight we gon' turn it up some Till the sunrise we only live once Never enough we gon' get loud about it. Fire pit with the crowd around it. Hometown, gonna know now that we're on. 
we gon' turn it up some. Turn it up some. City lights ain't as bright as this KC's one-on-one. Shots going down smooth. Blowing my mind in your acid walkers. Blue chains one-on-one. Just me and you. My two hands on your waist ain't gonna lie. Tonight we gon' turn it up some. Till the sunrise we only live once. Never enough. We gon' get loud about it. Barfield with the crowd around it. Hotel gonna know now that we're all one. Tonight we gon' turn it up. Song. Oh yeah. Chasing it while we're still young. Middle fingers to the sun. You know now, yeah, you know now that it's going down. So now we gon' turn it up some. Turn it up some, turn it up some, till the sunrise we only live once, it's never enough, we gon' get loud about it, fire here with the crowd around it, hometown, gonna know now that we're all one, so now we gon' turn it up some. Turn it up some. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you get your music. Uh, we've got a bunch more. Shout out to Austin Evelyn, though, by the way. I just saw he just said a comment. Man, Austin, this is two, two times in a week you watch me on live stream. <laughs> yeah. I love it when people come and watch their people's interviews and all that because, you know, you. It's really great that people support you, um, especially in this through this pandemic. You know, I think artists need more support than ever right now. Um, so it's really great to see when people do do that. I'm now, as you know, um, a lot of people, they see the artists like yourself, but they don't see the teams. They don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers. They don't see the managers. And I'll be honest, I don't think they get enough love, in my opinion. So I always want to have them get some love. So if you want to tell us a little bit about the team that helps yeah. you be who you are, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, first, you know, shout out to my wife, Amanda. If it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be here either. Uh, you know, I thought about moving to Nashville a lot. Uh, just never got the opportunity with the jobs and whatnot. And so meeting her and everything, like I said, was kind of fate. And that worked out. And she supports my music all the time. She's been in the videos and cover art and everything. So um, number one fan. And I appreciate that. My family, of course, uh, my in-laws and my family, my parents, super supportive, my brother, my sister. Um, writers, man, if it, like I said, Ryan Robinette, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been introduced to the group of writers I'm friends with Davis Branch, um, you know, Chris Chodo, cats like that who have been a part of my stuff, Sam Grayson, uh, Chris Rudiger, who's, who's become a very close friend of mine. He's a great up and coming artist, um, super stud, actually, he's way more famous than that. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then of course, Frank Leger and, uh, and, and Michael Meckling, man, if it wasn't for those two guys, I met Frank through Ryan, uh, we started writing together. Uh, I kind of told him and we had a similar situation. We were both at this age and we were friends. Uh, we, we had the same friend group and whatnot. We wrote quite a bit. 
but he was like, hey, I want to write your next single. And we got together and we did that, uh, which was back in the day. But nonetheless, we just became really close. And he introduced me to Michael and Michael and me have become super close oh, friends. We, we've been on a 19 hour car ride to uh, San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> to yeah. uh, we've been through it all, man. We, we hang out, we play golf, we do all that stuff together. So without those two guys making it happen for me, um, they wouldn't, I, I don't know that where I'd be it. Cause they just, they've changed my sound so much. Um, they just e elevated me to a, to a different level, um, which I'm so appreciative. And then Elicity PR, Avery King, she's just been great. Uh, I started yeah, she's awesome. um, she's just been great to me this year. We just started working together, uh, in quarantine. We just thought it was the next step and, and their team has been super great to me. So shout out to them and the whole squad. Uh, yeah. And then. T.A., I did forget Tyler Anderson. <laughs> Shout out to T.A. He's a big supporter, um, which is funny. I'll, I'll tell you, that's a great story. We started writing, and we wrote a song at my house, and we're sitting here, and he says, uh, he's like, oh, we just finished, or whatever. The song was whatever, and he's like, yo, what do you think about this? And he plays me three lines of a song. He's like, couple beers, some buddies and me, hanging out, Nashville, Tennessee, whole deal. And I was like, that's it. I was like, this is the song. I was like, I don't even know why we wasted our time with the other one. So we wrote Saturday for the boys. So, of course, Tyler gets his first cut. He's never wrote, you know, he wrote like four songs in his life. He's been a great guitar player. I love T.A., man. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so we've had a bunch of songs. We've had two songs come out together this year, so I'm super pumped about that. And uh, he's just such a great friend as well. So I've been very lucky, man. I have a team. My friends here in Nashville who support me and come to my shows, uh, it's it's crazy that people want to come see me, to be honest with you, man. I, I think about that all the time. Like, I, I think I'm entertaining, but it's amazing <laughs> that other people find me entertaining as well. So if I forgot you, I apologize. You can go to my vpjnork.com and see. There's a whole list of people that I talk about all the time. You know, speaking of teams, um, we've got a third co-host ourselves, our little eight-year-old, and we have come on, on ask one question. So he's going to get come on up. Let's get it. <laughs> Hi, PJ. Hey, how are you, buddy? You doing okay? Yes, doing good. What's your favorite food? My favorite food, uh, beef jerky. Mm. Mm. Yep. All day long, beef jerky. And what's yours? Pizza. What's yours? Pizza. Well, that's fair. I do love pizza, too. <laughs> I work at a pizza place in college. I'm a pizza snob. Yeah, he could eat it all day long. <laughs> I'm picky, so I get that. I get that. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, he loves that. And we got a 20-month-old little daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging oh, her. Oh, wow. Into the well, congratulations. Man. You guys are at the end of the kid thing, man, we talked. So many of my friends are having kids now too, and everything. Uh, it's pretty crazy. My brother had a kid a year ago. My sister's got a two-year-old. So we're gonna go see all them this Christmas. So super pumped to see the little ones. <laughs> yep, definitely. So, um, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Man, that's a tough question. Um, co-write though, wise, uh, I would have to say. Man, that is a really tough question. <laughs> I would say, honestly, though, um, from a writer perspective, it would probably be Old Dominion, either oh, wow. Matt Ramsey or um, uh, I'm my, or Trevor. Uh, either one of them. Those guys are great. The whole band is great. Um, so any of them. I, I think Old Dominion was really crazy. I, probably Sam Hunt, though, if all else failed, because I think – he really, I, you know, I, I ran into him at, at a delicatessen and we were, I had to fangirl for a moment. I was like, Hey man, I, I, I tell you if it, if it wasn't for your music, I wouldn't be here oh, wow. right now. 
Um, so I'm so thank you know, it's, it's weird to thank kind of, but it's like, and I hate to have that, like that weird fanboy interaction, but it was like, he was super cool about it. Um, and it would probably be him because his melodically and the things that he does and wants to say in songs are very similar to the things that I do sometimes where I feel like I used to feel uncomfortable about like, Hey, let's say it this way. But my friends are always so supportive. They're like, nah, just say whatever. If it's dumb, yeah. they make fun of you. But if it's not dumb, <laughs> they want to make fun of you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I asked uh, guests that same question, because the answer she gave us five years ago before most people didn't know who she was um, is almost to the T of what she's living now. Amazing. She had that vision, that dream, and nothing was stopping her. Knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Uh, my goal is to have a number one of some sort, whether it be a songwriter, um, a producer, BGVs, mix. I don't care what it is. <laughs> some type of that, but I think, uh, but I really just want to be on tour and yeah. playing shows where I can make a living playing music. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, that's what everybody wants, but I think for me, that's really what it is. And I do want to win a Wally, Austin. <laughs> You're very right. At some point, but I hope that happens in soon five years. There's a huge waste. But uh, yeah, man, just I think that's really it. You know, I'd like to be a successful uh, musician, singer, songwriter in town and, and be able to have that be my standalone thing and, and not have to have a job to do that and not have to, you know, facilitate these other things to make that happen. But that's really my goal. I'd love to be on tour and, and be able to do that for a living. Andy has joined the show. Yes. <laughs> Finally got our 21 month old to take her nap. So it's funny. You know, we got to do what we got to do to, even though it's the Chris right. and Andy show, sometimes it's the Chris show. Eventually as we grow and we'll have people that yeah. can help us and all that, you know, yeah. but right now it's just us two. Grassroots, <laughs> all us right now. I get it. I get it. <clears throat> so speak, let's look 15 years mm -hmm. down the road. Um, let's say that you, you are a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like you're, you made it. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind him? Uh, don't forget the the five people who came to the first show. Um, um, you know, I, I used to play a lot of dim lit, empty bars, man. I played Thursday night college bars and it wasn't the popular college bars. It was, uh, you know, dim lit, <laughs> you know, the five bars and uh, places like that. And I think those people have continued to support me. Um, Definitely don't forget those because I think sometimes, you know, you're like, and I'm not saying you owe anybody anything, you know, when yeah. you get there, people are fans or whatever, but right. there's certain people who always got your back and, you know, always remember that part of it. Um, because, it, and the, the stuff that raised me and, you know, my parents and the way I was raised and, and racing and things like that, just, you know, it's not, don't forget where you came from as much as it is. Don't forget what brought you to the dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be someone you're not. And I think that's, you know, if I do make it that far, I hope to, I hope to hell that's what we're all doing. You know what I mean? And it's what brought me to dance and I don't have to be somebody different. Exactly. Yeah. As we start to come to a close here, um, let's stay on advice for one last time. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they do have something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. <laughs> but they've only played maybe 40 or 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. 
But they got on stage and they got what every yep. artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, PJ, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next few years? Um, sing the songs and make you the most happy. Write the songs and make you the most happy. Write the songs that give you the, the that you connect to the songs that you um, that you hear on the radio that you love the songs on the deep cuts on the albums that you love the B sides for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> play play what makes you happy. I, I spent a lot of time trying to be someone that I was, but that I really wasn't, and things like that. And you spend a lot of time doing that. But when I really just started to be full tilt, PJ North is when I was the most happy making music. Um, so that's when you really know if it's for you or not, is if you're doing the music and look, people are going to tell you like, Oh, we need you to be a little more poppy. And you're like, oh, <laughs> 17,000 people that listen to me on the month don't really need me to be more poppy. And I, so we'll see. So just figure it out, you know? And I think that, but, mm -hmm. but definitely, uh, do what makes you most happy because the rest of this stuff's irrelevant, right? There's people yeah. that want to be stars yeah. and they're like, look, I don't care what I sing. As long as I'm a star, it doesn't matter. Hey, that's cool. That's your thing. That's what makes you happy. Um, for me, I, you know, I used to play in a cover band and, three and a half hour cover gigs of songs that I don't like is not fun. And yeah, Eric Church yeah. said the best, be careful what you write because you'll never know what you have to sing the rest of your life. Like, mm -hmm. like wow. achy, breaky heart. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, right. I, I can only imagine what Billy Ray Cyrus thinks of that song that put him up there. Yeah. We were talking about that the other day and I'm not sure he knows what the lyrics actually are. <laughs> I can't tell from the, like from the recording. I'm like, what did he say there? I know achy breaky heart, but yes, I think yeah. that, I think that's trying to figure out like what makes you happy. And I tell that you know, this is Chris Rudiger. I'll mention his name again. Again, he's a huge star. Y'all should follow him. Check him out. Six one five house. His whole deal that he's doing in town is incredible. But he told me he's like, man, I just love this type of music. And I was like, well, let's make that type of music then. Don't worry. Yeah. But we're, we're, dude, you're 21 years old. We're going to figure out the rest later. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can eat ramen and, and salad for months. You'll be okay. You, know what I mean? yeah. you don't have to worry about this other. So let's make the music you want to make and do whatever. Let's write whatever you want to write. Because that's the only thing that's going to get us ahead is, is being authentic and genuine. And because there are other people out there that feel the same mm -hmm. way and want to hear the same song. So that's all we're trying and to connect to people. Talking about being authentic, I remember when we were launching this show, I reached out to a Nashville friend. And I asked him what advice would he give us as we launched the show. And I'll never forget what he told us. He said, um, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He said, because you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. He said, you might even be good at it and create some type of audience. He said, but the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, whether it's a day from now, a year from now, five years from now, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to, to authentic Chris. They were attracted to oh. fake Chris. Because if you if you be authentic from the beginning, you may grow slower, but you'll grow with the right audience. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I agree with that 100%. I think that's what it is. And, and that's why I like what you did. Because, again, you know, as we get to talking through here, I can tell that you don't really care what people say. Because again, you know, you're doing it your way. You're yeah. having fun. Yes. You're making money. I mean, you can't ask for better, right? I'm doing all right right now. You know, the the <laughs> work pays for my music, and that's, that's all it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The only thing I care about, as long as no one tries to tell me that they have a better hat collection or a better <laughs> collection, I'm good. As long as that doesn't come up, then we don't. Have, I don't have anything to worry about. 
Everybody else's opinions there. I'll let them have it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Right. So as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Y'all can check me out at thepjnorth.com. Yes, that's a shot at the Ohio State Buckeyes. So it's the T H E pjnorth.com. You can check me out on Instagram, thepjnorth. YouTube's thepjnorth. Facebook's thepjnorth. Twitter's the only one that's different. It's official pjnorth. Um, check me out. Uh, look it up. You know, hope you guys check out my music on Spotify, Amazon, Google Play. Like I said, iTunes. It's everywhere. Just search pjnorth. I've got uh, a bunch of music that just came out this year. We've released, like I said, seven songs. Uh, it's been a really crazy year. Feel free to check those out. I got a video, brand new uh, LA to me that I released on uh, back in November. So check that out as well. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate y'all taking the time today. Hope you guys have a happy holiday and Merry Christmas. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. And, you know, oh, thank and you we definitely enjoyed having you on today yeah. and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. For sure. Thank you guys so much. Everybody have a nice day.